When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 12, Chapter Titled... Cutting the Cord. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. Hi. Hi. Uh, a few weeks ago I was like, I really should have like learned how to like have something ready there. Like a question? Have, or like a fact. Like, I'm the boy, I'm the girl, and, and we went to high school together <laughs> like but then i was like we can't start that 124 episodes in it's too late that ship has sailed i don't know how many times i have to tell you we can do whatever we want it's our podcast wow can't believe you took ownership of this it it is our podcast how do you know because we made it we created it how do you know because I was here when it happened. Karaoke, Tanya. How nope. do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. No? No. But why not? I hate the idea of singing in front of anybody. Even if it's just, like, goofy. I've, I can't. I hate it. I hate it so much. It makes me feel like crying just thinking about it. But, yeah. No, I, oh, I can't sing in front of people. I, I have a terrible voice. And I also hate it when people make fun of me. And even if it's like a thing where people think we're all in it together, like all in the joke together, but it's still at my expense. Oh, I cannot handle it. How do you feel about karaoke? I mean, I don't, um, I don't mind karaoke, I guess. I don't like it so much like in a bar or something like that where you're just with a bunch of random people. I don't know. Uh, like, I, I've been at friends' houses or parties or whatever where there was karaoke, and I'll do it then, and I enjoy it then. Um, you and Aubrey used to do karaoke together all the time. Did we? Yeah, all the time. Where? Oh, at, at home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> you took her to bars yeah, I was to do like, karaoke. I don't, I don't remember doing, like, karaoke nights or anything with her. Um yeah, no, we had, a, we had like, karaoke games that we would play on the PS3 and computer and stuff. Karaoke was Aubrey's favorite thing, and she always had to have karaoke at her birthday parties. Yeah. Until she turned 10. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I'm never singing in front of people ever again. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I mean, I have friends who, I've always had friends who, who are good singers, like I'm an I'm an okay singer. We've talked about this. I'm not great. And but I'm fine. I'm passable. Mhm. Mm um with the right material I can sound decent. Mhm. Mm uh I have I've had friends because I grew up playing in bands and and being around t musical people. Like that's the kind of people that I'm drawn to. So I've had friends who are just like pretty much professional singers. Mhm. Mm and there have been a few times where I've gone out to a karaoke night or something with them. Um, like, I'll never forget. Like, I had a friend who I knew she was a really good singer. Like, easily, she's the best singer I've ever known. Um, but we went out to do a karaoke night one night. And she did her song. And she did, like, Adele. And it was, like, perfect. 
and amazing. And I said, I'm not doing karaoke tonight. <laughs> like, it was crazy. So, I don't know. I, I like to do it in, in friendly company. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, in fact, it's not an embarrassment thing so much for me. Because I feel like most people just aren't paying attention. Like, if you do it at, like, a bar or whatever, unless you know the person, you're not paying attention. I think that might be my problem, is that I do pay attention. Like, I've gone to karaoke nights over and over again. Like, in my early 20s, that's what we did. Like, me and my friends went to karaoke bars. And I watched every single performance because that I, like, I like watching people sing did you critique them like an asshole no but i was still paying attention like i was still watching them then why do you assume people are going to critique you like an asshole i i never said anyone was going to critique. well that's true we're afraid of right well a little bit but mostly like it's the like the camaraderie like you go with a group of friends and you sing really shitty you get down it's sort of like bowling a really bad um turn in bowling like if you bowl a really bad turn in bowling and you're with a group of friends like it's inevitable you're going to turn around and people are going to make jokes and they they think it's fine because like everyone's joking about it and you know it was really shitty and with singing i think it's way different for me but for other people it's the same thing like you get down and people are like oh good try Mm -hmm. like whatever and for me like i think music is so personal that I wouldn't be okay with the joking. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, at all. it does. Like with bowling, I was always fine with it because but, that's not a personal expression. But like, I think now that I'm talking about it, I think I can kind of piece it together a bit for me. And, and it's it's the fact that no one's paying attention and, and enjoying it. Uh, it really is more to me. It's like. I know that everybody's sitting there thinking, I hope he's done soon, so it'll be my friend's turn. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not even that they don't want me to hear me singing. It's mm-hmm. like they're waiting and I'm in their way. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, when you're when you're in line at a store and you like you know you've got like a whole cart full of stuff and the person behind you has like two things and you're like, oh, I feel like an asshole. Right. Um, but with, like with bowling, you don't have that. But you know what? completely different bowling if if i mess up a song or whatever when i'm singing like it's bound to happen singing Mm -hmm. is hard uh bowling when i roll a bad frame i want to kill someone like i get so angry when i'm bad at bowling and i'm terrible at bowling it's you know it's so true because we've only been bowling as a family i think twice in our entire relationship the boys love bowling. Like, they love it. Caden has been on leagues a couple of times. Um, they grew up in a household where their grandparents bowled on leagues twice a week, and they were always at the bowling alley. We used to watch bowling as a sport on television. And the first time we went to do a family night bowling, Caden spent a good portion of his evening trying to tell Alden that he was doing a good job and that it's okay, he would do better next time. And all of the kids spent the rest of the time doing that with Alden because he was so upset. 
so upset. Yeah, I get like that no matter what. What's funny about bowling is that like for me, it never bothered me that I was bad at it. Like I bowled on a league and they kept me on the league because of my handicap in bowling because I was so bad at it. Mm -hmm. They needed me on the team because I was bad at bowling. And I would go out and I'd have fun and it was whatever. Like, I could never do that with singing, ever. Yeah, I I don't know. I get so upset about bowling. It's I think crazy. maybe because you're so good at wee bowling and it doesn't translate into real life bowling. Like, Alden would have, like, the top score in wee bowling and yeah. then go to the bowling alley and throw gutter balls and he just doesn't understand why he can't win with a flick of the wrist well and it's not even like it's not like i do that much worse than everybody else when i go like mm-hmm. when we go as a family we're all around the same score like uh, me and the boys or me and Caden, and occasionally aubrey and occasionally you mm-hmm. like sometimes hover right around that like 120 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. Like I could get a better score than everybody else that I'm with. It doesn't matter because to me, I feel like I should have knocked down every pen every time. Why didn't mm-hmm. I knock down every pen every time? Mm-hmm. Well, I was just trying to use bowling as an example and it, and it turned into a ruined, whole conversation. Ruined about my night. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Karaoke anyway, though, it's fun. I've done, like, open mic nights and stuff. That's different, because it's my songs. Right. uh, Whatever. You know who else likes... What what have you been up to this week, (laughs) you weirdo? Uh, I did uh, did D&D again. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not a thing I can bring up every week anymore. It's now officially just a thing that I do. Yeah. I'm three weeks in, and I'm... I just love it so much. It's so good. It's all you've been waiting for. Yep. Uh, if we have to cut this episode short, it's because we've also been chasing a pig all week. I don't want to talk about it. Speaking of getting mad at bowling. Yeah, literally, his anger over bowling is about the same as his anger over the fact that Chandler keeps getting out of his pen. And tonight, he also got out of the backyard and ran around the front yard. It was terrifying. Finley came and alerted us the fact that he was in the front yard in the garden and we had to get him back to the backyard and barricade him back in his pen. So if this is a less than perfect audio experience because you can hear the crickets and stuff behind us, that's because normally we would close the door and the curtains so that everything would kind of sound a little bit better. And the window. And the window. Uh, Tonight it's wide open so that we can hear... Hi, Mr. Turner. So that we can hear... If the pig breaks out, so we can run out and grab him before he escapes and conquers the neighborhood and gets hit by a car and someone eats him as bacon. I'm more concerned with getting pressed for harassment charges because of what this pig will do to people. He humps legs. So hard. It hurts. Yes. His hooves hurt. He's he's a muscle. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, what have you done this week? Um... Not much. I just worked and... And you watched this show. I did. I watched Made on Netflix. Not like Made like I made a sandwich, but Made as in like... It's just, it's motorcycle night. Well, that is relevant to this episode. <gasps> it might be Alan driving down the road right now. Maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, I watched Made, M-A-I-D, 
on Netflix. It's phenomenal. I wouldn't say it's like the best show I've ever watched. It was too relatable to be the best show I've ever watched. It's rough. Um, It's not a fun show to watch. It wasn't fun, but I I was telling Alden, like, it's nice to feel represented correctly um, as someone who has left a domestic violence situation and lived in poverty for a while it was a really really good representation of that and yeah and so for me it was nice to see it done well because oftentimes it's not Um, oftentimes it's not done in a relatable way it's done in a extreme situation way which I know that people live through extreme situations, um, but it isn't always that. And so I think this show will help people recognize what would be considered the less extreme that people question, is this actually like domestic violence? Is this actually, you know, a a situation that puts my life at risk or puts my children's life at risk? And um, yeah, it, it was good. The acting was really good, and Sam Regal's wife was a cinematographer on it, so that was nice. Oh, and Amy Carrero was in it, which was really good. Huh. So, yeah, watched it most of it last night and then finished it off today. And then we had my nephew's second birthday party today. He's two now. That's it. You know what else we watched? <laughs> what did we watched. Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 11, uh, 12, Chapter Title. What, wait, what was that? Blah, 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 Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 12, Chapter Titled. Cutting the cord. And I'm going to need you to blur me up. All right. The blur for this episode is Sean and Angela decide to get on with their lives. This episode was directed by Kevin Tracy, and it was written by Allison M. Gibson. Why do I know that name? I don't know. Why do you know that name? I don't know. I wonder what else she's written before. Well, she's written, she wrote on Reba, which I know you watched. Oh, yes, I did. And she wrote on Awkward. I don't know if you watched that. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, And she wrote four episodes of Boy Meets World, but as far as I can tell, this was the first one, unless I'm forgetting one, and if so, sorry, class. Did you ever watch Awkward? I don't remember. It sounds familiar. I watched it a lot when I lived at my mom's house. Like, I binge-watched that show when I lived at my mom's when we first started dating. Well, let's see how her writing compares in this episode. When we start in classroom or not? We are not in a classroom. Where are we? Oh, wait. We are in the classroom. Are we? Yeah, we're in the Lamaze classroom. Oh, that's what it's called. I wrote down maternity thing. (laughs) (laughs) so you really didn't know we were in a classroom i couldn't i mean i knew i mean it doesn't seem like a classroom it's not traditionally a classroom it's a class though yeah it's lamaz class anyway we're there with amy and eric yeah not alan i wonder where alan is he's missing oh missing alan's missing they haven't heard from him since this morning so eric is filling in last minute so he's like, the the instructor says, everybody take your seats. And all the, the pregnant women go to lay down on the, like, cool and, and, like, the pillows that prop you up and stuff. And then Eric is down there on the pillow propped up. And Amy's like, that's for me, Eric. Mm-hmm. So he gets up and she gets down there and 
Um, he's like propped her up and he's holding her there. And he's very happy-go-lucky as usual. Like, this situation is not awkward for him. It is not stressing him out at all. He's just like, he's like, I'm her baby. She's my mom. And I just love his, like, casual, just like, eh, whatever, I'm here. Yeah, and then he looks to the, the lady next to him, and she's like, um, that's so sweet that you're there for your mom like this. And he's like, oh, thanks. Where's your daddy? I mean, your tummy's daddy. I mean, your baby's tummy's daddy. And she goes ahead and says, like, he's in the Navy, um, so he can't take the class with her. She has to do it on her own. And Eric is like, yeah, well, my dad ran out of my mom this morning. <laughs> and uh, the the instructor tells him to do something. And, like, the he, Eric, she introduces herself, like, I'm Jessica. And Eric, like, reaches over to shake her hand. And Amy falls backwards. With her legs, like, up in the air. And Eric starts laughing. And he's like, you're a weeble. You, you, when you wobble. And he, like, pushes her and makes her, like, rock back and forth. And then Alan walks in while he's doing that. Um, And Amy's just like, hey, where have you been? And uh, he's like, oh, I was looking at something. I Time got away from me. And she's just like, what were you looking at? And he's like, well, we can talk about that later. She's like, no, I think I think you should tell me what you were looking at. And he says, motorcycles. And she's like, we are about to have a baby and you are looking at motorcycles? And she goes, oh, why don't you just go ahead and get a yellow Corvette? And Alan goes, can I? And she goes, well, you'll get to class in time. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Eric has been asked to help Jessica, the girl next to him, mm -hmm. um, because he doesn't have to help his mom anymore. So he literally, like, dives right in, like, sits behind her, starts supporting her, starts to learn the breathing with her, like... There is nothing intimidating about this to him at all. Yeah. It's just one of those really impressive things to me. Yeah. No, it was good. Uh, and, and we'll get more of that in a minute. But first, first we go to Chucky's. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have Corey and Topanga sitting in the middle. Uh-huh. We have Sean on the right side and Angela on the left side. And they are explaining to Corey and Topanga, like, that they understand, like, that they just wanted to help, but they are going to go their separate ways. And There's nothing that they can do about it. And Corey and Topanga started off by going, like, we we understand completely. We know that we shouldn't we, we shouldn't have butt in. We won't butt in anymore. We're done with that. And they go, Yeah, we don't believe you. So they pull a piece of paper out and they're like and Corey and Topanga are like, well, what's this? And they're like, a restraining order. They're like, a restraining order? Do I look like someone who needs a restraining order to follow these instructions? And Corey like looks at him, he's like, yeah, you're right, I do. And they go through it, and they start reading through the whole restraining order. And, you know, the legal speak, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets down to like, and the aforementioned parties. And Corey goes, is that what we are to you, aforementioned parties? <laughs> uh... And Sean is just like, look, I just, this is what's best for all of us. This is great. We can move on with our lives. Uh, in fact, we both have dates tonight. So leave us alone. And Sean is like, yep, that's right. I'm getting back into it. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the ground running. And Corey goes, where are you going to go? And he goes, I don't know. 
Yeah, at this point, Angela has left, and, um, and, you know, Corey's like, you are the king of dating, and Sean's like, yeah, I need to get back into it, um, and then gets upset, and so then the next thing that we see is date a night. date, which is a double date between Corey and Topanga and Sean and Kelly, uh, who are sitting at a table. Three of them are sitting like normal people, and Sean is laying across the table. Fun fact about Kelly, she's a Marsden. Oh. I don't know who she's related to, because that didn't come up when I searched for her. So, she could be related to Jason? I mean, she's probably, in a way, related to both of them. Right. I just don't know who, like, whose sister she is, or whatever. Right. Or maybe nothing. Maybe Marston is like a really, really common name in Hollywood. That's what we thought, and then we found out that James and Jason Marsden are related. Yeah, that's we true. were like, "Yeah, it's probably just a normal name." No, they're actually related. Right. Um, are you looking it up now? Yes, it bothers me. All right. Do we find anything in the wormhole? No. Heather Marie Marsden has no family to speak of, but she does have two dogs: Tinkerbell and. Harley. Oh. Harley. Like Harley Kiner? Like Harley the Motorcycle. Oh. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. So then what happens? Sean and, and Kelly are talking. Or else, well, Kelly's trying to talk to Sean, and he's got his head down, like, laying on his arm, and just like... <laughs> and she's being really nice. She's like, I understand that you just got out of a really long relationship. Was it really that long? I don't feel like it was that long, but I don't know. Um, and, uh... I mean, it spanned to high school. I mean, if we're considering, like, the beginning of their relationship, it was over a year ago. I guess so, yeah. They broke up for a long time in between, but... Yeah. Um, so Kelly is, you know, trying to talk him out of just laying on the table, and he's really not paying attention, and Topanga's like, he's not always like this, he really usually is fun, and Corey's like, yeah, he's the life of the party, he's the king, you hear me, Sean, you're the king, what are you doing, get up, and like, he doesn't. And Topanga goes, you need to talk to him, so Corey like, goes over to him, and he's like, what's going on, champ, or something, he doesn't say champ, Mm -hmm. but that's what it felt like, Mm -hmm. and Sean goes... I'm just a little blue. Do you think she can tell? Uh, and Corey is trying to give him a pep talk, and Corey goes, oh, and what if I told you that Angela was here right now? Or Angela's in the same place as you right now. How would that make you feel? And Sean, like, shoots his head up and looks over, and Angela is walking into the restaurant with her date. And Sean immediately turns into life of the party, Sean. Like, drags Kelly's chair over to him and, like, puts his arm around her and starts laughing like a hyena. Telling uh, at the end of a joke, uh, Angela and, and her, her date walk over and Sean, like, stands up and he does a really good job of just, like, being super personable and, mm-hmm. and hey, this is, you know, and who are you? And... Well, he does introduce Kelly like six times. Well, yes, he he throughout the whole thing, but he does a really good job. Other than that, he but he does constantly say like, "And this is Kelly, my date," and this is Corey and Tabanga, and this is Kelly, my date. Angela's date's name is Ron, mm-hmm. which rhymes with Sean. 
But he looks like he's 35, which I guess Trina McGee was like 35 at this point, too. Wasn't she? She was pretty old. She was in her late 20s. Okay. Anyway. um, Yeah. Like, they were a really good looking couple. Yeah. And they, like, they are happy with Sean. And because Sean even goes, like, I know this could have been a really awkward situation, but I think we're both, we're both adults. We can handle this. This would be great, Angela. And Angela's like, all right. And they go back to their seat. And Sean sits down. And Kelly put- says, okay, this is more of the Sean, more like the Sean that I've heard so much about. And as she's saying this, he just like lays his head back on the table and slides his arm out under his head. Yep. Uh, so now we go back to the apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack and Sean's apartment. Jack, Sean, and Rachel's apartment. Sean is Jack, Eric, and Rachel's apartment. Mm-hmm. Eric is reading a pregnancy book. It's called uh, Pregnancy and You. Because he's into this Yeah, he is so fascinated. And this is what is so great about Eric. And we have seen this, like, in every single season. He never does things, like, halfway, except for schoolwork. But I don't think that's his fault, honestly. But, like, the moment that he is, like, wrangled into doing something to help someone, like, he goes into it, like, with his whole heart in mind right and there was no indication at any point in this episode that he was doing it because he wanted to try to steal her from it her husband yeah, you know no like this he was just all w- him he wanted to help and help her have a baby and he was interested because he had gone to the lamaze class and like right. he was fascinated by it right and he was reading through this book and reading off these facts that a lot of people i guess are grossed out when they hear them about pregnancy and what happens to the woman's body and what Mm -hmm. happens during pregnancy. And Eric is just into it. Like, he's just so fascinated and not grossed out at all. Which is nuts to me because, like, it's gross. No, it's not. It really is. And I, uh, one of my coworkers just had a baby. And before she had the baby, like, we would, like, sit around and talk about, like, giving birth and being pregnant and all the weird things that it entails because it's fucking weird it's weird yes but that's that's why i'm the eric in this situation it's fascinating it is fascinating you build a baby and then lots of things happen during that yeah like you carry another human like in your stomach for nine months and it's bizarre but it's also like as a woman who has carried two of them it is gross like, it's disgusting. Um, and we would talk about it at work. And I remember talking about the mucus plug and just being so just even grossed out by the idea of it. And I was just like, maybe I'm weird, but that's just so nasty to me. And every other person in that room was like, no, that is the grossest thing about having a baby is just those words, mucus plug. So, so let's say I'm on a podcast over and over again. Yeah. So when this part happens and Eric is spitting these facts about pregnancy and he goes, oh, well, there's also this thing called a mucus plug when the water breaks and Rachel like tosses her fork down and Jack is like, oh, my gosh, you have to stop. That was not a re- overreaction to me. I don't think it was an overreaction, but it I'm I'm the Eric in this situation. Like like it's who cares? It's what bodies do. That's what 
that have we've been doing for millions of years or whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so they stop eating. Alan comes in, like knocks on the apartment door and comes in to talk to Eric. He's like, I need to get your opinion on something. And he hands him a brochure and Eric is like, what's this? Diapers? A crib? Motorcycles. You're looking at motorcycles. He says something like, you're you're making a, a life and you're looking at motorcycles. Good point, Eric. Um, so... Alan starts talking about wanting this bike so badly and he's like sitting on the side of the couch and he's like pretending he's on a motorcycle and he's like making noises and Eric comes over. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to have to ask you to pull the bike over. And he starts talking about like, I understand what you're going through right now. It's a Middle East crisis. Mm-hmm. And Alan's like, uh, I think you mean a midlife crisis. And no, I'm not. And Jack and Rachel are both like, oh, no, no, no. Like, my dad has gone through this. And, and someone else I know has gone through it. Like, they all know this is exactly what it is. And Alan's like, no, that's not what this is. Like, stop telling me it's a midlife crisis. Um, and Eric's just like, you need to focus on the baby. And Alan basically says, like, the baby is the problem. Like, when I had you, I was really young. And I just couldn't wait until we were, like, best friends, which we are now. And that's great. This kid, I'm just going to be an old man to. And throughout this, at one point in this, Eric stops when he goes, I'm going to I'm gonna need to give you some tough love real quick. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Eric was fantastic. So fantastic. Um, um, Jack and Rachel, for the first time ever, they are on Eric's side and they're like, no, 100%, you are crazy right now. Yeah, and they come over and they start to like try to talk him down or whatever. And they start to give him like, oh, you're going to be great. Like the baby's going to keep you young. You're going to feel young. And Eric goes, yeah. And you know what? Every breath you take and every step you take, you're one step closer to death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Jack says, um, I don't know why you're freaking out. You've done this already, like a great job already twice. You can do it with this one too. And Eric's like, no, I think you mean three. And Jack's like, I said what I said. (laughs) Yeah. So. So now we go back to the restaurant. It's karaoke time. And. Yep. Yep. Uh, Kelly is trying to convince Sean to do karaoke with her. She's like, this will cheer you up. Why, Kelly? Why would you think singing in front of a bunch of people, including the ex that you're still in love with, is going to cheer him up at all? Maybe. Maybe he's like, it's fun. She thinks it's a fun thing. She and her non-relationship, James and Jason Marsden, is really excited about this. Okay. Um... So Eric is like, no, I don't want to do this. You mean Sean? So Sean is like, no, I don't want to do this at all. And then the guy goes, and coming up next, we've got uh, uh, Angela and her date, Ron. And Sean is like, okay, let's go pick out a song. So Angela and Ron start singing. Uh, It's really good. Yeah. They did well. They did. Ron especially. Ron especially has a very nice voice. Yeah. Very smooth. Good job, Ron. Yeah. I think Angela was um, singing to Sean. You think? Yeah. I 
it had like a almost like a little bit of a hostile vibe to it. Mm. Like if you want to know if he loves you so, it's in his kiss, and like he never really let her know that he loved her, and oh. the way that she was singing it was a little bit. I felt like had a little bit of a harsh tone to it because you could tell she had a good singing voice but the way that she was like inflecting it uh-huh. with hostility huh i thought she was just trying to be like super serious about like i'm gonna be the best singer here tonight i don't think so you might be i mean you're probably right that makes a whole lot of sense that's how i saw it but i could be wrong so they only sing for like four or five seconds they get it fades away Corey and topanga now are up there and they're like Topanga's like, I don't think we're the best people to be singing this. I don't think we're the best representation of this meaning. And Corey's like, no, we have to do this. Like, you saw Angela and Ron. If we're going to win this competition, it's a karaoke competition. If we're going to win this competition, we have to do something dramatic. So this is what we're going to do. And um, before, before we go into what song it was, do you remember this? From watching it the first time. Like, do you remember this scene? No. Are you serious? Yes. I feel like this is the one scene from the whole series that I will never in a million years forget. What like, song is it? They sing War. Mm-hmm. And it's... What is it good for? And Topanga's just like, absolutely nothing. Um... I think it was, I think Rush Hour was pretty big around this time. You think? I think so. And this song was something that, like, everybody kind of ran around singing at this point. And Corey is so funny. And Topanga's, like, deadpan, like, sing it again is so good. I will never forget that scene for as long as I live. I guess I will. Yeah, well, I mean, you forget things. That's fine. Uh, right. And then it cuts to Sean and, to, uh, Sean and Kelly, mm-hmm. who are singing... Uh, I Got You, Babe. I Got You, Babe. And Kelly's... Sunny and Cher song. Kelly's also got a really good voice. Yeah. Um, Sean's fine. Sean's fine. He's not really trying. Right. He doesn't... He's not into it. And then they get, like, a, line, a verse into the song, and, and Sean is just like, stop the music. I can't do this. Well, she... So... They he's actually enjoying himself and she reaches over and grabs his hand and when he she grabs oh. his hand he can't handle it and he's like I can't do this and he gets down. He can't handle it. Yes, that pun was intended. Uh so anyway, he gets down and and he's she's like, "You know what? Maybe we can do this another time." Like she's even mm-hmm. in the exit, she's like, "Yeah, maybe another time, Sean." Yeah, I really, really like how, um, like, sympathetic she was towards him and yeah. how, like, nonchalant he w- she was about how he was acting. She did not let him ruin her date night at all. Like, right. she was like, well, we're just going to do this and you're not into it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she took it personally, which is really good because most people would take it personally and she definitely didn't. Right. And at the same time, it is college. I think a lot of people are kind of just going there with the ex- expectation of, I'm going to date people and I'm going to have a lot of bad dates. Yeah, but I think in a situation like this where, like, your date is actively miserable. And pining after their ex. It would be hard not to take that personally. That's and I true. think that's why it hit me as being so, 
interesting that she didn't take it personally at all. That's true. So uh, now we go back to the Lamaze class. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're burping babies. Eric is still there helping Jessica out. Mm-hmm. They all have baby dolls in their hand. Alan is super incredulous. Like, He's like, I've done this before. Why do I have to practice burping on a doll? Uh, Eric goes and hits the back of his doll too hard. The head falls off and he's just like, miss, mine broke. And um, then we go back over to Alan, who's still just like, I don't know why I have to do this, blah, 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 blah. And the teacher makes a very obvious, like, look at Alan, like, can you just shut up? I'm trying to teach a class here. Not everybody knows what they're doing. She's like, okay, well, maybe you could um, put your baby up, try, you know, putting the baby up on your shoulder and burping them that way. Everybody put the baby in this position, support the head. And as they're doing this, Jessica is like, Oh no! And like you can tell, like she's in labor. She Her water says, broke. "My water broke." And and Eric's like, "Uh, Miss, mine broke." <laughs> I mean. Her water broke. She's in labor. We have to do something. And Alan immediately jumps in and is like, I'm going to pull the car out. We're going to get you to the hospital. Everything is going to be fine. And everything, they get out. Yeah, he like, he he uh, takes charge of the situation. Just like, Amy, you're going to sit in the back with her. Eric, you get in the front. Somebody call the, call the hospital. Let them know we're on the way. We'll be there in five minutes. And yeah. So now we go back to Chucky's. Mm-hmm. Yes, Chucky's. Yeah. Sean is just sitting there all sad. And Topanga and Corey are trying to talk to him. They're like, you'll get back out there. It'll be fine. It's- when you're ready, you'll meet somebody. And he's like, I'm never going to be ready. He's like, I'm not like you guys. And I'm starting to freak out because I'm never going to have a relationship like you guys do. And like, what's so weird about this to me is his teeter-tottering back and forth over the I'm not you. Stop trying to make me be you. I don't have to have a relationship just like you guys too. I'm never going to be like you guys. All I want is a relationship like you guys. And so he says like, I'm never going to have that. I think I'm a freak. And Topanga's like, no, we're the freaks. Like, we're the weird ones. No one has a relationship like us. Like, we've been in love since we were two. Which is another. I think I think that's the first time we've gotten two. I don't think so. I feel so. like we've gotten since birth. We've gotten three. We've had seven. We've had five. I feel like this is a first three. We should have been kept keeping track. You next, the first two? Next time we do, Yes. Next time we do a Boy Meets World podcast, we should actually we're gonna keep write track. Things down. We're gonna keep track of all of Topanga's and and Corey's ages when they met. Mm, good plan. Or we can just see. Uh, we can catch up on Boy Meets World Fever. They probably have already been doing that. They probably did. Yep. You know what we could start doing rolling a dice and just saying that number whenever they are like we've been in love since we're. And then we just roll the dice, and then we let the dice decide how old they were. Mm. I like it. More dice. Yeah. More dice in my life is always better. I thought you would like that. Um. And but Sean goes on and and actually gets into something important where he says like I don't think I'm capable of love. Mm-hmm. Like I can't handle love. Um, which was good. Like that's a a um. It means that he's recognized something that he can work on and figure right. out. Like, 
he needs to go to therapy and figure out why he isn't capable of this. But part of it, he knows why. He's, you know, he says things about it where he's just like, I have never really been in situations where I was loved or had to love somebody. Um, I mean, he loves Corey, but that's not the same. Right. And he says, look, I just feel so alone when I'm with you guys now. Like, I can't I can't be around you guys right now. I need I need some time to myself mm-hmm. and basically breaks up with them and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so now we go back to the apartment. Right. Where Alan and Amy brought mm-hmm. a pizza to the apartment to celebrate the birth of Jessica's child. Right. Um, they said, you know. We just got word. Everything's fine. The baby's beautiful and healthy. And um, they're all really pleased. And I think it was important that they did this because Eric was helping this woman in in Lamaze class. We don't know how many classes they had together. Right. It probably wasn't just these two. They usually meet weekly. And it could have been over the course of a month that he was helping this woman. And then this woman had a baby. Right. But so they kind of talk then to Alan where they're just like, look, you did great. Like you did a great job. And Eric says, you did so amazing. And Alan says, I've been a dad before. And Eric says, no, like you did amazing with me, not with her. You made me. I was terrified and you made me feel like everything was going to be okay. And the new baby is going to be the same way because that's what's important like of course you taught me how to throw a ball and you taught me how to swing a bat but any little league coach can do that what was more important is that you were there when i struck out to console me and make me feel like everything was going to be okay Mm -hmm. which was amazing Mm -hmm. um so and then rachel's like i want to let's have a toast to all the new dads everywhere yeah, I thought they picked up beer, but it must have been root beer because Amy also picks one up and takes a swig. So it's it must have been 90s. Who knows? We didn't know better back then. Yes, we did. <laughs> we definitely, definitely knew better back in the 90s. So we go back to Chucky's. Um, they, Eric and, and Rachel and Jack are telling Corey and, and Topanga and Angela. Was Angela there? Yep. I thought so. Yep. Um. The story of the baby and the birth and and how Eric did and all this stuff. Uh, and they're like laughing, having a great time. And Sean comes to the door and like starts to open it and looks in and sees them all there. And he gets sad and he walks away. Mm-hmm. And now we go to the end credit scene where the credits are rolling and we are back at the restaurant for karaoke. Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal. It's like improv karaoke with Topanga and Corey and they are just like having the time of their lives like Topanga is like genuinely laughing at what is happening on the stage because Ben Savage is like in his element just like goofing off and like growling into the microphone He's and got, like, the dancing we- the weirdest stance i've ever seen where like his legs are i can't even describe it where he's it's like, like doing a it. Plie. I don't even think that describes it. It was so odd, like the way his legs were like I don't even know how a person does that. Um it was like a half squat plie hybrid. It was great. But yeah, it was funny. It was so funny. And like Topanga, uh Danielle Fischel obviously like it just loses it and is laughing 
as mm-hmm. Corey's doing it. But that like that kind of thing makes it seem natural and real. Yeah, it was delightful. Yeah. That's it. That's it, Tanya. How did you feel about this episode? I really like this episode. It's not in like my top episodes of all time, although the karaoke scene with Topanga and Sean, like I said. Topanga and Sean. Oh, sorry. Topanga and Corey. I just pulled an Alden. Yeah, you did. Uh, with Topanga and Corey is seriously one of the scenes of the show that I remember the absolute most. Like, it's a scene that pops into my head every once in a while. Just like, willy-nilly, all of a sudden I have them singing War. In my brain. When you think Boy Meets World, is that the one thing you think of? Like, the first thing that comes to mind? Not necessarily. I'm just saying, like, that scene will just randomly, like, intrusively jump, pop into my head. Somebody up walks up to you and says, Boy Meets World, what's the first scene that, thing that pops into your mind? Our podcasts. All right. Um, that I mean, that's probably me too now. Like, at now, if somebody comes up and asks me about Boy Meets World, I'm like, oh, no, they found my podcast. <laughs> um, it's true. It's so terrifying. No. Like, what scene do you think of first? I don't I don't know. I know mine right now. What is it? It's the scene in uh, the first or second episode. It's the water gun scene. Where they get the water guns and Corey has bought them all water guns and mm-hmm. put them under the table and then Amy doesn't get a water gun and she's sad. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why. That's the first scene I think of. I don't know that I think I don't I don't know that's ever happened to me before, so I don't know. I don't I mean no one's ever asked me that either. But I think I think it probably like would be this scene. I don't know. I mean, when I tell you, it just, like, pops into my head at the most random moments. It does. So, yeah. I I really like this episode. Eric is just so good. Like, do you remember a few seasons ago when we are like, oh, no, it's the dumbening. Oh, no, it's yeah. happening. And now here we are, season six, and he's still delightful and wonderful and we get some eric things that's just like oh eric why but like he's still the best right it's it's really interesting that he there was a dumbening like he he did get less smart right um and he did start to do and he still does things that just don't make any sense at all Mm -hmm. but there is there is always still this heart to him mm-hmm. that um i think people forget about yeah because they're like oh eric's dumb yeah i definitely i think remembered him being just ridiculous and i other than i don't even think i remembered the tommy situation in the christmas episode until i was an adult mm-hmm. and it was as an adult that i watched it and like bawled my eyes out Eric was the dumb one when you were watching it week to week. Mm-hmm. Eric was just so good. I thought Alan was really good too and um, incredibly relatable because we are 37 and 38 years old. And just the thought of starting over with a baby oh, God, no. is 
the worst thought in, like, the world. Like, it's not even something we would remotely be, like, happy about at first. Like, we would literally have to talk each other into being okay with it. I'm 38, and I can't handle keeping up with my children. (laughs) Like, I'm a 13 and 15 and 17-year-old children. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ugh. Yeah. I have to pick you up at 9.30? Are you kidding me? Right. Can you imagine having to wake up every two hours to feed a baby? Ugh. So when when Alan is sitting there talking about, like, I'm afraid now that I'm just going to be the old man, like right. the old dad. Yeah. Like, I would have that same feeling. Like, I have been so used to being a young mom. Right. Um, and you've probably felt the same way where people yeah, are like, like is mom. that is that your daughter or your sister? Right. Like we've both been through that so much. It would be bizarre. It would be incredibly weird for me to go places with a child and people just be like, Oh, your dad and your daughter or your son or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I've never in my life had that. Yeah. Even now, like especially now, our kids look grown up. Mm-hmm. We go out and they're like, people look at me weird. Like, why are you walking around with this fifteen-year-old girl? Mm-hmm. And I except that you guys look exactly alike. Like, it's obvious that you're related. I have definitely gotten weird looks before. But yeah, like everyone always thinks that I am the kid's sister or like friend or something. Right. And at this point, like, we're speeding, hurtling towards 40. So we don't look like we're 16 or 17. Right. But because our kids are so old, people can't believe that we are their parents. And uh, it would it would be mind-boggling to walk into a store with an infant and then be like, oh, your child is so cute. I would not know what to do with that. Like, okay, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a weird thing to say. I don't even know why, but it's it's weird. But yeah, it would be very strange to be this old and have a baby and know that in 18 years, like, Caden could be a parent like we would be like a parent to a child and a grandparent at the same time yeah i yeah it's not alan and amy are lucky at this point that they don't have a grandkid Mm -hmm. like eric is a grown-ass adult who Mm -hmm. who dates lots of women Mm -hmm. and Uh, tries to adopt children (laughs) yeah so yeah that would be nuts yeah my aunt did that like she had like a change of life baby. My cousin is really young and my cousin's uncle is younger than him. Mm. Like it I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But yeah, how did you feel about this episode? <laughs> it was fine. I thought it was good. I don't have anything else to add because I kind of talked through your whole thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good episode. There was, there was fine, uh, and I, I'm saying fine. I'm saying fine wrong. I thought it was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing wrong with the episode. Yeah. 
Um, it it wasn't like amazing and heartfelt, but it was a good episode. It was fun to watch. Um, it it moved the story along some. I thought it was good. Yeah. How do you feel about Sean kind of breaking up with his friends because of his feelings of not being able to love? Oh, again, super get it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been there in my life. Uh, I, I have always said that I think it's healthy sometimes to recognize when you need to learn something and you can't be around people because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. And because I've done it, like I've, I've had friends that I've lost before where I'm like, they're not at the point where they can, can understand this or, or learn this thing. It's, I'm not upset with them for deciding they can't be around right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people who have been in relationships, right, where, like, you know, like, this is a really, really bad relationship. Right. But you also know they're not ready for that. They're not ready to accept that. Mm -hmm. And they can't be friends anymore. Like, they're like, well, I can't deal with you anymore because you don't think I'm in a good relationship. Right. Right. And it's just like, okay, bye. Like, I, I understand that people grow at different paces. Mm-hmm. And I think that's healthy for Sean to realize. I mean, a lot of the things he says in this episode, he knows that he has issues and things to learn and he needs to grow. And he's making steps towards that. Right. Is he making the right steps? Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he won't know until he tries it. Yeah. And in Sean's defense, he does tend to figure out what the right steps are. Right. Like, he has gone, he has grown through so many things previously that um, it'll be nice to see him at least learn to accept himself and love himself and understand that he is worthy of being loved. Because ultimately, that's what it comes down to, is that he is afraid that he is not worthy of that. Right. Almost like imposter syndrome. Like... Like, she's going to love me at first. She'll think she loves me, but she doesn't actually love me because how could she? I, I, I think I'm not he's, lovable. I think he's also as afraid, like, he is afraid of that for sure. And he's also afraid that he is not going to be in love anymore mm-hmm. because he doesn't understand how love works. Mm-hmm. Because what he's seen of love is this on again, off again craziness. Right. And he thinks, like, that's going to be me too, I guess. Whatever happened to Verna? I don't know. Whatever happened to uh, Chet? Well, we know what happened to Chet. He's MIA again. Right. We heard them talk about it. Right. But Verna, they never talked about again. Like, she came back and they never talked about her leaving. Yeah. That's fine. I like Sean episodes way more without the minute. Oh, me too. Um, Tanya, where can people find us if they want to chat with us and let us know their favorite moments or their favorite scenes or the, or the first scenes that they think of in Boy Meets World? Like when their friends are just like, hey, Boy, Boy Meets, Meets World. World. What did you think about just now? I mean, well, them. What did they think about just now? What was the first thing that came to your mind? Go to... Class. What did, what did you think about? Go to Twitter. We're at BMG and BMW, and you can let us know what the first thing you thought of when we said that was, and then 
If you don't want to go to Twitter, you can go on Facebook and type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World in the search bar and join our group and you can let us know there. Or you can email us at bmgmbmw at gmail.com. Yep. Good job, Tanya. You're so Thanks. proud of yourself because you switched that up a little bit and you didn't get lost. I got a little lost. Well, you started you started a little swervy there and then you, you got control of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to say before we go? No, just thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Is that it? (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 12. Do good. Class dismissed.